We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 77 and the guys are in the garage ready to talk about the Browns preseason week one game uh, and, and the win over Jacksonville. We're going to have our Indians week in review, plus a little news coming out about baseball and the Indians. We're going to get a little bit into fantasy football and so much more. And of course, stick around for our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one and join us for Garage Beers. Welcome on in, everybody, to episode 77, 77 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on all our social media, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. Go follow our YouTube channel uh, and so much more. With you, as always, I am Michael Keefe. You can uh, find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me down in Nashville, Tennessee, it's Garage Beers Joe. Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? Oh my gosh, <clears throat> this might be two episodes in a row that I've been introed first. Congra- well, I mean, there's I mean, nobody else. There's nobody else to intro this week. So, right. but I'm not like c- congratulations before you, I guess. Kind of. Yeah, sort of. Did I not Anyways. introduce myself? Didn't I introduce myself? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I am pumped because I um, should have probably figured this out earlier this season, but. The Nashville Sounds, uh, they're the AAA affiliate of, oh God, I don't know, maybe the Brewers. Texas Rangers, I think, isn't it? Uh, it was the or Rangers was, for a then, year, and I think it's yeah. the Brewers now. I think you're right. um, But they are playing the Columbus Clippers in Nashville in like two or three weeks. So I'm going to go to a couple uh, Clippers games. Yeah. Park the Tribe gear. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know who you're – you might see like Yu Chang. Uh, I could uh, potentially see um, – uh, Oh, what's his name? How do I not know this? Not Zach Lusak. A pitcher? Aaron Savali. Oh, yeah, Savali. Yeah, yeah whoa, I can see Savali down there. Yeah, you might that'd see Savali really cool. down there. Heck yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good time. That that stadium is beautiful. It's a, uh, the Sounds have a brand new stadium close to right to downtown Nashville. Yeah. 
there's some cool stuff to do around it. It's it's beautiful down there. And just yeah, like you should totally hit that. Any up. minor league game is cheap, easy when you're watching baseball. So it's a good date. Cheap, easy when you're watching baseball. <laughs> That's the kind of date I can afford. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, you will notice that uh, it's Joey down in Nashville. It's me over here on the west side of Cleveland. And we don't have our buddy this week over on the east side of Cleveland, Chad is out with his family. He's on vacation. And you know what? He just is. He's getting the week off and, and it's yeah. a well-deserved week off. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's down in Nashville, but he did send us his garage beer of the week. So we're going to announce that for him because it was a really cool one. So we're going to include it with the group. Uh, but yeah, he's having a great time with his family, friends, kids, all that stuff down in Nashville. So we're going to miss Chad this week, but you know, not that much. Definitely like the like volume of headspace in this room is significantly <laughs> less than it was. So much room here. in here, so much yeah. room for activities. <laughs> uh, so before we get to our garage beers of the week, the other thing we'll shout out uh, again, garage beers always brought to you on the belly up sports podcast network. So go follow them belly up sports, the belly up podcast network and follow unhinged radio because uh, unhinged radio Brings you some good content, and the Garage Beers podcast is now on Unhinged Radio every Monday at 11 a.m. If you missed us on Thursday, and if you just didn't listen to it on the podcast, go over to Unhinged Radio, and you can listen to the podcast there, uh, broadcast every Monday at 11 a.m. Uh, on Unhinged. That's a new partnership we have with Belly Up. So cool cool stuff Belly Up's doing, growing, getting, our, getting the name out there. And Unhinged, I have to say this. I have to give credit to the unhinged radio network, Joe. They're like the Flava Flav, uh, like hype man of radio networks. Oh, it's yeah. great. That Twitter account for unhinged radio, it like, it is spectacular. I, I get more notifications because they are like just out there just, hey, Garage Beers is coming up tomorrow. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, right. They're like our, they're our own little, <laughs> they're our own hype man. So uh, we're excited to have unhinged as part of the team with belly up sports. Also, it's just, it's so impressive to have a 24-hour sports network. I've never heard of one of those before. <laughs> no, but just to do it. No, just to like put that together. Are you kidding me? Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how many there were when we joined Belly Up. And we haven't been with Belly Up for like an, ex- an exorbitant amount of time. Maybe yep. since like... February, January, March, months? maybe March, yeah, like six months. We'll call it something like that. Yeah. You know what? February, March, something like that. We haven't been there with them forever, but all of a sudden, especially with this edition of unhinged, there's like 50 to 60 shows on the network now. Oh yeah. Like, Super cool. It, it is. Uh, the, the, I, I want to say we started with less than 20 Yeah. and now it's up to 50 and 60 and that's just in, in five, six months. So a lot of growth happening. We're excited to be a part of it. Uh, so again, all that goes back to, we're grateful to be on belly up, go give them a follow, follow some of the other shows on there, especially with hockey season coming up. There's some good hockey shows on there along with other shows, fantasy football shows. You'll want to dig into those oh, yeah. and the unhinged radio network. We, uh, we love uh, being able to hear ourselves Mondays at 11 AM on there. So with all that being said, it is time for us to get into our favorite segment every week. And that is our garage beers of the week. And Man, I got a good one. Joe, yours is pretty. Uh, You want to lead us off, Joe? I do. Go Um, ahead. We're going to, again, 
uh, one of my favorite Nashville breweries, Southern Grist. Oh, and I went there. Um, what was it? Just a couple of days ago, got a four pack of even like build a four pack of pints that they have there. And I've already had half the four pack. This is beer number three because it's so good. And like, I don't know like how anyone keeps beer in their fridge uh, for like later purposes. Like it's definitely if you have something this good, I would just drink them all right now. And I'll probably finish the rest of the four pack tonight. Attaboy. Uh, but I have, it's called insert juicer pun because you know, <laughs> beers have juice puns and juicy puns. And <laughs> something about hazy IPAs. Um, clearly <laughs> they ran out of titles for this beer, pow, pow, pow. Uh, but it is a new England style, double IPA, uh, 7.9% nice and cloudy and hazy oh look at that that's gorgeous mm. Mm. it looks like orange juice like a giant glass of orange juice um but tastes much better much more enjoyable i love it so what was the name of it again insert juicer pun insert juicer pun there by southern grist southern grist man uh i said it before i love i like bearded iris down there I like some of the other, but Southern Grist, man, that gives them all a run for their money. That is yeah. a great, great brewery down there in Nashville, uh, in Tennessee there. So uh, love the reappearance of Southern Grist on the podcast. Uh, before we get to mine, I am shouting out Chad's because, and he posted it. Uh, he might not have posted it. He might have just texted it to us, but I'm going to post a picture of it anyways. Chad went to a uh, Durham Bulls game yesterday. Uh, obviously a team, uh, a minor league baseball team, but made famous by the movie Bull Durham. Uh, it was also cool. He put pictures up uh, on social media. He was at the old Durham Bull Stadium, which I've actually seen a game at when I was younger. Really cool. They have this beautiful new stadium right in downtown Durham now, uh, and it's a great place to watch a game. Uh, but he sent us Bull Durham beer, a Colch-style ale. So Chad's Garage Beer of the Week. I can't give you a review of it, but it's a big-ass can. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, with the Bull Durham, the Durham Bulls logo on it and everything. Uh, Bull Durham beer, a coast coast style ale. That'll be Chad's garage beer. Yeah. Week. I'm going to post a picture of it because it looks great. So that brings us to me. And uh, uh, before we started recording the podcast tonight, uh, uh, the boys from the Not the Same Old Browns podcast, who we've had on, uh, invited me over to uh, to their Twitch stream tonight. We just talked a little bit of Browns. Uh, so again, first of all, huge shout out to them. Go follow them if you're not already. They're part of the OBR network. Uh, but, but Andy and Steven, uh, go give them a follow. Not the same old Browns. We had a great time, but the first question they asked me, they were like, you're the garage beers podcast. So like, normally you start off by talking about your beers. Right. And they didn't, they weren't sure. And they were like, did you bring one? I was like, of course I bring one. Like, of course I'm bringing a beer. I'm, I'm from the garage beers podcast. Of course I'm going to bring a beer. So I did. I brought my garage beer to that. And now I've got it here. And, and Joe dude. So the more summer goes on, the more I hate summer. I'm not yeah. a summer guy. I'm not a summer guy. I've never, I never have been. Dude, I mowed the lawn today. I, I'm, I don't know that I've ever been that sweaty. Ooh. Like I could go down and work That's out fair. for like two hours and just and not get anywhere near as sweaty yeah. as I did mowing the lawn today. It, was, it wasn't even all that hot. It was just like a thousand percent humidity. And, uh, and so fall things are starting to happen, right? Not only do we have football happening, but... Fall things are coming out. Pumpkin spices are coming out places. I know people aren't ready for that yet, but I'm so ready for it. So to celebrate, 
the end of an atrociously hot summer and <laughs> the beginning of a beautiful fall. We have a legend, an icon, and I think it's probably making a reappearance here. It is the one and only Southern Tier Pumpkin. Oof. Yum. It's a legend. I can't believe that's already out. It's a legend. I'm not even mad about it. I just like am really jealous. It's a legend. It's it's yeah. you know what it is? And Joe, it's like a phenomenon because we see it every year in Cleveland too. We see it with Christmas ale, right? When you are the cream of the crop, yeah, the top of the top, pumpkin is, and Great Lakes Christmas Ale is, you get torn down and, and people look for reasons not to like you. And so I hear a lot of people like, ah, oh, there's so many other better pumpkin beers. No, this is the legend. This is, this is the goat. This is the OG pumpkin from Southern Tier. It is the best of the best. Uh, and uh, and I'm having one right now. And but let me tell if, you how good. If it these is. other breweries try to come in and try to make a better one than pumpkin, I'm not going to be mad if they do that. You know what? I think not, uh, that's not a diss on pumpkin. That's just healthy competition. I think as the true, I think as the true goat would say, uh, they like the competition. And if one of the uh, the new breweries wants to make one that's better, okay. But the problem is they haven't. This is still going to be the OG. This is yeah. still going to be. And, I, and I'm even more excited because when Pumpkin comes out, everybody knows Pumpkin. But when Pumpkin comes out, that also means Winter Warlock is coming out. Mm-hmm. And Winter Warlock is uh, an Imperial Pumpkin Stout by Southern Tier. And so you better believe I'll probably have that on this year as well. Because Do they that, can that? that is, uh, they bottle it. They bottle it. Yeah. So it's it is my if if I had to put a Mount Rushmore of my personal favorite beers, ooh, maybe we should talk about that. Oh, if I had to put a Mount idea. Rushmore of my personal favorite beers, Winter Warlock is on that Mount Rushmore. Wow. So, so anyways, I got pumpkin. I'm ready for the fall. I'm ready for all this heat and nonsense to be over. I want jeans and sweatpants and sweatshirts. That's my kind of weather, and we're getting there. So I'm, pumpkin, right, I'm literally wearing a sweatshirt now. I'm ready. I don't for know it. how. I'm inside the house. I'm inside the house and I'm sweating my ass off. Oh, that's because they probably don't turn the AC there. (laughs) Careful. No comment. No comment. (laughs) No comment. Uh, So anyways, uh, so those are our garage beers. Joey's got Southern Grist. I've got Southern Tier. And uh, and Chad's got the the Durham Bulls uh, beer from from the stadium down there. Those are our garage beers of the week. Get online. Go to our social media at the garage beers. Tell us what you're drinking this week. Let us know. If you've tried any beers recently or if you have any suggestions for us to try on the show, we'll go get them and we will give you a shout out uh, for a good suggestion or a bad one. We'll give you an honest critique. We'll give you a real honest critique. We've had some pretty bad beers on this podcast. We've had some atrocious beers. I've I've thrown out at least three, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I like just putrid like I cannot finish this beer. Yeah, I remember one specifically that I did where I announced it, Garage Beer of the Week, boom, boom, boom. And then I just told you guys, you and Chad just had to talk for a minute because I had to go upstairs, pour that one out and get a different beer. (laughs) So that happens. So, all right. So let's get into what we got to get into Uh, over these couple of beers. Let's let's share a couple of beers, Joe, and talk about Cleveland sports because there's enough going on right now. There's there's fun stuff going on. Let's start in Berea. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns. It is preseason is in full swing. Minicamp is in full swing. We had uh, two weeks ago, we had the uh, the Hall of Fame game, which, by the way, I don't know if you watched any of that. That's like one of the coolest things. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like 
up here in Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, you can just drive down past Canton anytime. But like when you stop and think that that Hall of Fame stadium is Kent McKinley High School's football stadium, like that's what their high school plays. It's wild. And every year, two NFL teams, the whole football world converges on that stadium. On your high school stadium. High school. <laughs> and I like how the Hall of Fame is just in the shadows of Kent McKinley High School. Like, it's just, I, it's so cool. It signifies the beginning of the season. Preseason is in full swing. And, and Joe, last week, the Browns. Oh, go ahead. I have a confession. I've never been. To the Hall of Fame? No. Well, we're going to change that. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, it's absolutely not. That's actually like ridiculous. That's absolutely not. Maybe we should do a show from there this fall. Yeah, or or we'll do some social media stuff from there or yeah. something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you definitely you have to go. It's you know Hall of Fames are Hall of Fames, and they have their goods and their bads, right? Uh, but they do a lot right as far as like like when you see the busts of the players, it is so cool. Like, yeah, it is so cool. And, and then you see cool, like just other shit, right? Like jerseys and the Lombardi trophy and all that stuff. You see cool stuff. So yeah, uh, maybe we'll have to make that happen. But anyways, last weekend, uh, the Browns traveled down to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville fighting urban Myers uh, full on with Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the crew. And Okay, so here's where I'm at, Joe, and then I, and then I'll bring you in and see what you're feeling about this, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is what I said to the guys on the uh, on the Twitch stream, the the not the same old Browns podcast. I got I'm so overhyped by that game, <laughs> right? And so yeah. standard standard that happens every year, right? Standard that happens every year, but this year is very different. I'm not overhyped. Here's 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 why it's different, Joe. Here's why it's different. I'm not overhyped because Cody Kessler made a sweet 30-yard pass. And I'm like, oh, maybe Cody Kessler's something. <laughs> I'm not I'm not overhyped because uh Montario Hardesty ran a 12-yard run and I was like, oh, maybe we got something with Montario Hardesty. <laughs> I'm not overhyped because Corey Coleman made a big catch for a first down or caught a touchdown. I'm not overhyped because uh, Barkevious Mingo made a sack. I'm not overhyped because these guys that are supposed to be the backbone of our team did anything. The guys that are the backbone of our team didn't even play. Yep. <laughs> they didn't even play. You want to know what I'm hyped about? You want to know why I'm hyped? Because the guys that are going to be, some of them are going to be preliminary playmakers for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, JOK, and we're going to talk about him for a minute. But for the most part, you're talking about guys that are on the on the bottom half of the depth chart. Oh, yeah. Guys that are going to be backing up other guys or cut from the team, frankly, is what we're talking about. Went out there and looked better than like most Browns teams we've seen from the past 10 years. Yep. What? Now, granted, against Jacksonville's finest, but Jacksonville's finest is still an NFL roster and a yeah, well, NFL team. Well, and again, Jacksonville's in that position that the Browns have been in for yeah. so many times. They got to play their players. Yeah. You got to figure out if Trevor Lawrence can get the ball downfield, <laughs> run a driver, not get sacked on the first play. Well, the answer to that is no. Uh, yeah. Like, oh my God. It's also it is- interesting too. Cause like it's, I mean, 
it's cool because like you can see just other people play that you'll never get to see during the regular season, which is always kind of fun in the position that the Browns are in now. Um, but there's like so many benefits to playing as well as they did in that game with non-starters. Because one, you get a really good idea of the depth of your team against stronger competition because you're playing, you know, the first and second teams of these other NFL rosters. Uh, but you are also kind of showcasing uh, some talent that you might be looking to trade at some point in the season um, that we might hold on to or having a practice squad or uh, some type of asset that we can move later in the season if we need that one piece to uh, win the AFC North or get us to the playoffs. Yeah. So here's – I'm going to start, and and we'll just talk about these things that stood out to me, okay? Okay. And I'm going to start with one that maybe isn't as obvious because I think everybody was talking about one player and we will talk about that one player, but I'm going to let's talk about things that stood out to me. Here's the first one. Do you know how good the Browns are at quarterback? <laughs> like, and here's what I mean. I'm not talking about Kyle Lauletta. He's not, he's probably not going to make the team. He's probably, if he's, if he's anything, he, maybe he is going to work himself into a backup job somewhere, but it's not here. So I'm not talking about Kyle Lauletta per se. I'm talking about Case Keenum. I'm talking about, like, I hope Baker Mayfield plays every game the rest of his career. But the fact of the matter is sometimes guys go down for a game, two games, whatever. And again, hopefully that doesn't happen. But man, am I comfortable with the fact that if anything, God forbid, were to happen to Baker, we're in pretty capable hands with Case Keenum. Like, that dude, that dude is a capable Like, that's what we're talking about here. If Baker goes down, this team certainly would suffer, right? There certainly would be an issue, but it's it's not the end of the world. If Baker goes down, it's not the end of the world. Can this team make a run, dare I even say, deep into the playoffs with Case Keenum? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, they couldn't. No. No. Last year year, year is a different team. Correct. This, This year, you can make a run deep with Casey Keenum. You're getting, I mean, we know Casey Keenum. You're getting a strong veteran, very smart, someone that's not coming in there to try to win the job over while the QB won. Right. Right. You have somebody that's going to go in there with a level head and make the plays that the team needs to win the game that he's in. And he's not going to do more or over the top past that. That's exactly what you want from a backup quarterback. Yeah. That's, you know what? You've, you've said it. You've said it almost perfectly in that. You know what you're not going to get from Case Keenum? He's not going to lose you games. No. If you have to bring Case Keenum in, like, does he have the ability of Baker Mayfield to go out and win you games? Nah, probably not. But is he going to lose you games? No. no. Case Keenum will, will lose you no games. And that right there is, is, is the epitome. So, like, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, man, for all the shit we've been through at quarterback, Think about what we're about to embark on. Like when you're getting excited about the Browns this year, fans, and y'all are, because we all are, because everybody is, when you're getting excited, think about what we're getting and, and start at the quarterback position. Sure. Like we just talked about Case Keenum because he played. But then think about Baker. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the first year Baker Mayfield's gone into a season with the same offensive system as he had the year before. That's insane. That's insane. And he had the season that he had last year. Yeah. So this is the first time. This is the first time that Baker does not 
doesn't have to learn a new system going into the year. And if you'll remember last year, they didn't have an offseason. Right. If you remember, week one was like, hey, we're going to get some practices in, and then week one, let's go. (laughs) There was no preseason. There was no, like, mini camps. There was none of that. So all of a sudden, Baker, and you saw it happen. You saw it halfway through the year. You saw that system just click with Baker, and he was elite. Well, guess what? Now he's got an offseason. He's got training camp. He's got preseason games, which he may not even play in, which is fine. Uh, But but he knows that system like the back of his hand. Like any questions about Baker Mayfield, I think are going to get laid to rest real early. Yeah. Like uh, Browns fans. I like, I don't want to go too overboard because we've done it with Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel and, and Jeff Garcia and, and Trent Dilfer. And like, we've gotten excited about all these, but like, from what we have seen from Baker Mayfield, he has now been given something that he's never had before. Browns fans, I, I think every question about Baker Mayfield is about to disappear. I think every question is about to disappear. You want to know it's wild? <laughs> Tell me. What is the next quarterback that the Browns have started that is better <laughs> than, than Case Keenum? <laughs> Like, how long has that been? Can you think of somebody in the last even 10 years? No, I don't think so. Better than Case Keenum. So the last 10 years would be 2011. So definitely not. What do you got? You got. um, Uh, Okay. I I would put like. Brandon. I wouldn't say better, but I would say on par. Brian Hoyer. Okay. Yeah. Brian Hoyer could be on par. With Case Keenum, uh, especially that first part of that one year where then everything went to shit. Yeah. But no, like think about the quarterbacks we're talking about. We're talking about Jason Campbell, and we're talking about uh, uh, Jake Delhomme. Was he? Is is that Tyrod Taylor? Deshaun years? Kaiser? Uh, <laughs> no, Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. Uh, uh, yeah, none of those. Cole Col- McCoy. Col- uh, yeah, Jake DeLone, Colt McCoy, uh, poor Colt Campbell. McCoy. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, nah, no, yeah. none of those. Uh, Seneca Wallace, nobody. Uh, maybe so, Seneca so you're Wallace. talking about your Seneca Wallace was okay. He just yeah, was you're talking about your seat. second string quarterback that could have won a starting job on this team at any point in the past ten years. No, legitimately, if the Browns would have drafted Case Keenum, he probably would still be our starting quarterback. Yeah, like think about that. Yeah. If the Browns would have drafted Case Keenum when he came into the league several years ago, he probably would still, we wouldn't have Baker Mayfield. Like he's, he's serviceable enough. He's had some great years too. That's he's had some great, like he has been a really good asset for a lot of teams over his career. Well, yeah, the, the Minnesota, the Minnesota yeah. miracle, the pass to Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, he is a smart player. He's not a playmaker. He doesn't have the world's strongest arm and he's not going to go out there and like put the team on his back and win a game. But at the same time, he's not going to lose it either. So again, go back to it. He's, he is our version of what the, what the Eagles had when they had Nick Foles. When, when Carson Wentz got hurt, yep. Carson Wentz got hurt. Nick Foles came in and did Nick Foles. I don't know. Nick Foles did a lot to win that Super Bowl, but he also did nothing to lose games. And that's what you want for a backup. So the quarterback position, crazy. 
uh, in that, in that I'm saving the best for last, by the way, in that preseason game, I'm, I'm talking about other, other guys that were fun to watch. Yeah. Demetric Felton. Dude, this dude, this guy, Demetric Felton. You're not going to, you're going to have, you're going to find it hard to keep him off the field. You're going to find ways. The Browns are going to find ways to get Demetric Felton onto the field. There, there is a, a real problem in that wide receiver room. <laughs> there. All right. So obviously you have OBJ, Jarvis Landry. You have Richard Hankins, Donovan Peoples Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones, Kadero Hodge, Ryan Switzer, Demetric Felton, and then Jamarcus Bradley. Yeah, JoJo Natson. Well, I think we're already well Natson. So I think Switzer uh, is going to. I don't. I, they made three cuts, but Switzer went on like the injury list. Switzer is going to be gone. He's yeah. he's going to be gone. But your point is very valid, right? There's, like. You've got four. You've got four wide receivers that yeah. are firmly etched into everything. We'll talk about Donovan Peoples Jones, but those four—him, Higgins, OBJ, Landry—boom, it's insane. Demetri felt where I feel like the battle is, and this pains me to say because I love this guy, uh, but I think Felton and. Um, Oh my God. What am I doing? Why am I Richard? blanking? What? Richard? No, 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 no. Felton and um, I'm just drawing blanks. It's Marcus fine. Bradley. Dearness Johnson. Oh, Dearness Johnson. I think Felton and Dearness Johnson. I think one of those guys is going to make the team and it's not going to be Dearness Johnson. Oh, wow. I want Dearness Johnson to make the team. I think Dearness Johnson showed you, especially remember when Nick Chubb got hurt in that game against the Cowboys? Yeah. Remember Dearness Johnson had like 148 yards in that game? Like, where does he? Yeah, that's tough. Where does he go? I mean, he'd have to go to cutter practice spot, right? I, well, yeah, probably he would get cut, but, but yeah, that, but that's where we're at. And, 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 yeah. and I think let's make a greater point here for a second. This is the first world problem of a good team. I was going to say, because you're cutting people that you would have killed for in certain years. You're cutting, you're going to cut good players off this team. Yeah. Not just good players, not just like good players, play, name players. Yep. You're going to cut good players off this team, whether it's Dearness. I don't want to see Dearness Johnson. I, I love him as a, as a player, as a guy. I watched his, his documentary on YouTube was great. Loved it. But when it comes down to it, Kaderil Hodge having a great year. Do you keep Kaderil Hodge or Dearness Johnson? Because again, Dearness Johnson's a running back, but he's the backup kind of pass receiving kind of running back. Does Demetric Felton fill that position? Do you need to keep both of them? Uh, you're looking at guys on defense, uh, Andrew Billings, uh, Mac Wilson, Sheldrick Redwine. Like these are guys that were expected to be Malcolm Smith, even mm-hmm. expected to be players on this team. Hmm. Some of these guys are going to be in danger. Yeah. Some of these guys are in danger because you can't keep them all. And that's, we, we have to switch as, as like fans, we've got to switch for, for the longest time. The Browns have had a boatload of payroll, uh, a space, uh, a cap space. And they've cut guys that nobody's given a shit about. But when you're a good team, you lose good players every, and it's going to happen every year. 
Yeah. Every year there are going to be players that were on the team the year before that are not going to be on the team the next year because they can't be. And, and that'll be fun because the fun part of that will be watching how Andrew Barry is able to maintain a competitive team and bring in other good players mm-hmm. when losing good players. It's, it's exactly it's be where you want to be. Yeah. You look at these fullbacks. You're going to be able to keep, you can't keep two fullbacks. You can't keep Johnny Stanton and Andy Janovich. No. Are you going to keep one of them? Are they both in trouble? How about the tight ends? Yeah. You got three tight ends, but like Carlson, I know he got hurt. He looks like he's hurt for the long haul, but like, I don't know. It's just going to be, I watched, I watched Demetric Felton out there and I thought, oh shit, this guy is like, He's shifty. He's fast. He's 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 Darren Sproles ish. I don't think he's as good of a running back as Darren Sproles was, but he's certainly like he's that kind of guy that you get the ball in his hands and he makes things happen. Right. You could you could build a legitimate, like solid NFL offensive team with our second string players. (laughs) Actually, let's look at that for a minute. Let's look at that. So technically second string, technically second string, Kareem Hunt and Case Keenum are your guys in the backfield. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately. That's insane. Immediately. That's already better than the Bengals. Immediately. It's good. (laughs) Uh, David Njoku. Yeah. Is your technical back. It's not really a backup tight end because they'll play a lot of two tight end, but pick him or Harrison Bryant. Him and Harrison Bryant. Then are you two tight ends? Yeah, sure. Uh, Richard Higgins. Easy. Anthony Schwartz. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kadero Hodge at the receiver. Like, we're talking about playmakers. Like, yeah, it's an it's it is. It's insane. It's an embarrassment of riches, Joe. Yeah, it's, it, this is no longer like this is no longer like, uh, hey, we're overvaluing because we're optimistic. This is like. Way, I'm looking at this roster and I'm I'm just going down the line. And I'm looking at the whole thing and I'm like, find me something that's weak. It's interesting. Um, there isn't, there's I nothing. Mean, it, weak. it really, it really changes expectations on the season. Right. So even when, you know, OBJ first came to Cleveland and we had that overhyped season where they got blown out that first week by Tennessee, was that two years ago? Yeah. And, and the whole season, Freddie kitchens here, that just was a horrible season. Like everyone was hype, but like, I think true Cleveland fans were like, cautiously excited yeah. about that because um, they haven't seen success before. Now, granted we've seen success last year, but like that season aside, you, you have no reason not to expect this team to have AFC championship or higher expectations. But this is what we've dealt with Joe and, and you've experienced this like your whole life. Literally what we have dealt with with, and it's been many Cleveland sports, but a lot, it's what happens to us. We build a contending team and we knock on the door of contending. And then the next year, yeah. something it, it's what happened. We had that once they gave the reins to Baker and they fired Hugh Jackson and like the team, remember the team took off Baker's year, his oh, rookie yeah. year. And then there were these, and then they bring in OBJ and there's these expectations and you get shit on that year because Freddie kitchens doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And and the and the team has no cohesion whatsoever. Right. And then 
And, you know, now we're back now. So we got shit on two years ago. Now, last year, we're back and we're knocking on the door of not just contending like for fun, not like, oh, we're we're fun contenders. We might make the playoffs kind of contenders like real honest to God. There was a minute where the Kansas City Chiefs were freaking nervous when they played us in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. There was a minute towards the end of that game where they were nervous as hell. And if that touchdown didn't, well, not that touchdown, that fumble did get called back and yes, <laughs> turned over. It's a very different story coming out of right. that. So we're knocking on the door. And what we're, so that's the scary thing as a Cleveland fan now, yeah. right? Now you're like, oh, are we going to get shit on again? And you know what the answer is? Very firmly, nope. No, I don't. Yeah. No, you're not. No. Your team is better this year than they were last year. And even if somebody gets hurt, they're still better than they were last year. That's the crazy thing. That's the depth here that we're yeah. talking about. And that was your point, Joe. The second string on this team is better than like 80% of the Browns team since they've been back. Yep. <laughs> they would they would have a 500 record if we just played that second string team through and through. I don't know about that, but I think they could. I don't know about that. But but I but your point is the point stands. The point is you're not going to have to do that. Your whole first team isn't going to get hurt. So the second string is good enough that if some some players on the first string get hurt, which happens to every team, somebody's going to step in and make plays, and, right. and they're all going to do it well. And that is so exciting. So Demetric Felton stood out to me like crazy. Uh, I, I don't know. He just he was really good. Uh, next guy that stood out to me in the preseason game. And let's talk about this unit for a minute. <laughs> Sheldon Day. So right now, Sheldon Day is listed as the backup uh, defensive tackle behind Andrew Andrew Billings. And again, uh, there's concerns about Andrew Billings. Our our, our buddy uh, Stephen Thomas over there uh, uh, from the Not the Same Browns podcast. He's concerned about him because he came into camp out of shape. Uh, he didn't play real well. Uh, and a year he, off. He didn't play last year, uh, so there's some concern there. Although. Uh, hopefully it's a little overblown, but you know, who stepped in and played really well. Sheldon day, first year player front. Well, not first year player, but first year Brown. Uh, if you'll remember, if you're trying to picture who Sheldon day is, do you remember last year before the season, the Indianapolis Colts made like a video of all the teams they were going to be playing. Oh, and like yeah. Sheldon day was talking about Cleveland and playing the Browns and whatever. We're going to go in and silence the dog pound or whatever. Yeah. Sheldon day was with the Colts when they lost to the Browns last year. Uh, uh, he's a good player, man. He, he had a hell of a game uh, in that preseason. Yeah. And again, you don't want to overblow it too much, but when you see a guy that is like kind of dominating in a preseason game, that's a good sign. That's a good sign, especially on that defensive line. That is more or less when you're fighting for a roster spot, the point of your performance that game. But but there it is again. Like, think about what has happened to the Browns on the defensive line. Because last year, Larry Ogunjobi, he's gone. Sheldon Richardson, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Adrian Claiborne. I loved Adrian Claiborne. I wish he was a Brown forever. I loved Adrian Claiborne. Guess where he is? Gone. That defensive line turned over more than people think, but look at the defensive line now. Yeah. Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings up front, assuming Billings is fine. Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. What? That's terrifying. What? 
that's disruptive from the inside. You also, also for perspective, you have, uh, I believe the number one ranked offensive line in the NFL. And they're talking about them struggling in practices against (laughs) the offensive line. The best offensive line in the NFL struggling against this defensive line. There's going to be a lot of havoc that comes out of this line this year. There's going to be a lot of hits on the quarterback. A lot of plays getting blown up in the backfield this year. But you look at, so you're going to lose some of these guys. Tack McKinley, he is out for personal reasons. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that, like the team doesn't know why he's out. I'm pretty sure the team probably does know why he's out, but the fans don't. So there's something personal going on with Tack yeah. McKinley. Fine. I hope everything's okay. Jordan Elliott, Sheldon Day, Porter Gustin. Porter Gustin made plays, play after play after play last year. Uh, you Tommy made plays Tony, against, I, you made play to, plays against Jacksonville. Yeah, he made and he made big plays against the Steelers in the playoffs. Tommy Togiai, third round draft pick this year. He's not going anywhere. But Curtis Weaver, good player. Cameron Malvo, Joe Jackson yeah. is a good defensive lineman. Malik McDowell, Marvin Wilson is a young dude that is supposed to be like was supposed to be like a first round pick, and then he had some issues, and he was undrafted. The depth is insane. Is insane. It's insane. That defensive line, guys, fans, whatever, is going to be so good. Okay, but we also like gushed over the offense and how great, you know, our second line is (laughs) for that offense. Um, This is just wild because on defense, we kind of have not as depthy as the offense is, but like we're not shallow. Like, no, but you look at. You look at a defensive line, Joe, and it's it's a revolving door, right? Because right. because you can't ask Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney to go in there and just no, they can't bust their ass on every snaps. play, right? So you're going to need Porter Gustin. You're going to need Tack. Hopefully, Tack McKinley is around. You're going to need him. You're going to need Sheldon Day. It's that like like I Tommy Togi. I was the guy I was most excited they drafted. Yeah, and like. He's just kind of sitting back there, he's like, and he's going to be on his list like, now. Jeez! Like, <laughs> oh my god! That the, between running and getting pressure on the quarterback, we talked a lot about uh, the AFC North. Uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have got to be shitting their pants when they see the Browns coming. Yeah, you know the Browns. You're always going to have your hands full against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, but like the Bengals and the Steelers have to be shitting their pants because they have terrible offensive lines. And non-mobile quarterbacks. Very non-mobile. And this offensive line or this defensive line of the Browns is just like the fact is I'm excited to see what Joe Woods can do with this defense because you don't have to drop a bunch of blitzes with this. Like no. You can let your guys play and just let those four eat and they will. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Sheldon Day stood out to me and then, uh, well, two more. Two more players stood out to me about that preseason game. Um, Richard LeCount. Let's talk about Richard LeCount for a minute. Because I think one of the players you're going to probably see disappear from the Browns uh, is going to be Sheldrick Redwine. I, I don't know that there's a spot for him. Mm-hmm. Let, let's remember the Richard LeCount story. Richard LeCount was a highly recruited uh very good prospect at the university of Georgia. And during his career at the university of Georgia, he had a great career until he got hit by a car (laughs) and he got hit by a car. I don't know if I know this story. Yeah. 
So he got a hit by this. This is a guy that through his career at Georgia, you're probably looking at like a top three round, like a first or second day pick. Wow. And then he gets hit by a car. Yeah. And it takes him a long time to recover from getting hit by a car. Was it on campus? I don't remember. You get free tuition if you do that. Well, that's that's like, well, you know what you know what is funny when you're on a scholarship that doesn't matter as much. Fair. Uh, uh, so he gets hit by a car at the time of his like pro day and the combine. He has not fully recovered from being hit by a car, as one so has, probably wouldn't be. So he has terrible outings, combine, yeah. pro day, all that. He's, he he looks bad because he, he was falls hit by a car. Sixth round draft pick. Right, because he got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch him? Did you watch him play in that game? He made plays. He made plays that we haven't seen Brown safeties make since Tashawn Gibson, maybe. Like the the way that dude was covering ground, he made one play where he was over in the middle of the field and they tried to throw it deep and he went over and he almost intercepted the ball, but he broke up the pass from like 40 yards away. His closing speed on that was incredible. He was good in coverage. He was good coming up. Like uh, there's reason to be excited again for depth again. Well, yeah. What is he? Your fourth, fourth string safety. Well, you've got John Johnson. He'll back up probably John Johnson. Yeah. You got Grant Delpit. You got Delpit and Ronnie Harrison and Delpit. Harrison. You may not see a healthy Grant Delpit for the first few weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you're probably going to see Richard LeCount out there getting some reps. And my Browns fans, I think that's a good thing because, again, I don't want to get too worked up about a sixth-round draft pick, but that's what they did with their, their late draft picks. That's what they did with Dimitrik, and that's what they did with LeCount. And that's what they did last year with Donovan Peoples-Jones. They go find these guys that for one reason or another fell, but they weren't supposed to. Right. Richard LeCount was not supposed to be a six-round draft pick. Demetric Felton was not supposed to be a six-round draft pick. He was phenomenal at UCLA. And then he had injuries, and he had a terrible offseason. It's why I say every year the NFL Combine is the biggest waste of time on the planet because you can have a bad Combine, but if it doesn't match your tape from when you were actually playing the game, what does you, it matter? You know who else fell for one reason or another? Probably who? the guy you're going to talk about next. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Mr. Well, Mr. Guys. Undisclosed Heart Condition on draft day. Guys. Guys. J-O-K, man. <laughs> okay. So here's the first thing that came into my mind. Let's talk about something non-football related, right? J-O-K to me looks like a very kind of old man. Like he's got an old man vibe to him when okay. you look at him, even though he's a young guy, right? But he also looks huge. Like when you look at him and you look at him in like a press conference or doing interviews or something, he looks enormous. He was out on the field and I was like, oh, he does not look enormous out there. He doesn't look huge. And he's not 6'2", 221. He's not huge. He's not small, but he's not huge. Uh, Dude, the plays that that guy can make and the versatility right? You're going to see JOK, Jeremiah Wosukoromo. Let's give him the credit of calling him by his actual name. You're going to see him at linebacker a lot, a lot. You're going to see him at safety. You're going to see him as like an edge. Mm -hmm. 
this guy does everything and he can do everything. And not only can he do everything, he can do it at like a top level. The two plays, the sack was the sidestep to get around the blocker in the backfield on the sack was amazing. And then when he blew up that little, that little uh, pass out into the flat. Yep. Oh my God. What, what would he have like four tackles for a loss? Three in that game Three tackles for a loss, a quarterback hit and a sack. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? JOK should have been a first round pick. Probably should have been a top 20 pick. He did not get picked there. He fell and the Browns are the benefactors. And every day the Browns should thank their lucky stars. That that is Jeremiah the draft. They got him in the second round. We had him going, I think. But where did we have him going in our mock draft? It was definitely first round because we only did the first round. Yeah, I th- we all we all picked him to the Browns. I think to the Browns for the twenty sixth yep. pick. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we'll be. And that was hopeful. And I felt yeah. like we finished. We did that little mock draft on our podcast, and I felt like we were like, I was like, okay, we're all just like we're stretching being optimists. Us. What? Yo, this dude is, uh, again, he's the only thing that I think he lacks from the linebacker position is that he's not huge. Again, I don't want to say, I don't want to say he's small. Yeah. But like you see some of those big old linebackers that are 6'4", 250 and fast. Yeah. He, He doesn't have that. There's so, going to be some interesting packages, though, because I feel like when he's playing more of like that safety type role, it's going to be very similar to how John Johnson's going to be playing out there. Yes. And they're yeah, going to have a lot of cool packages with those guys out there. But here's the other thing. When was the last time you saw Brown cover a, a tight end? Oh, are you supposed to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would. Shit. <laughs> by watching the Browns, you wouldn't know it. Oh, no idea. No idea. Always the, start. The, always start a tight end against the Browns, except for this year. The coverage ability from JOK, because that'll be a, su- a primary role of his, will be to cover these tight ends. <laughs> to, okay. Oh, All yeah. of a sudden, we got somebody that can do it. Like, again, you don't want to go too crazy with it. I think if you look for any weakness of JOK, it's that there's going to be maybe times where he gets a little bit lost in blockers out there, because again, he's not the biggest physical guy. Otherwise, though, his speed his technique, and he may not be the biggest physical guy, but he is strong as hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I just think, whoo, whoo. It's, it's just so exciting to look. And so to bring it all back to what I said before, I have this, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped after the first preseason game, but for reasons that I've never been pumped before. I'm pumped because we didn't have to watch any of our starters out there. I'm pumped because our starters are our starters and there's no, like maybe there's a battle here or there, but there's not many of them. We know who our starters are. The literal battle did. They didn't even play greedy and uh, right. Um, Newsom. Greg. Yeah. Greg Newsom didn't even play in that yeah. game. And that's like the only major battle, like real major battle that's going on for a starting. I know game. it's crazy. So, so here's a fun thing. We're all get, we're getting into fantasy season. I'm a, I, I love fantasy football. Joey loves fantasy football. I do. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do some great trash talk uh, as the fantasy football season goes on because uh, Chad joined my league. So Joey, Chad, and I are all in a league together now, so we're going to have to talk some shit. Plus, my, I actually won it before you did. So 
I'm sorry. I can't hear you over my previous two time, two time in a row consecutive championships. You best. Uh, but Joe, you brought up a good point. So we want to have like a fantasy kickoff episode, but uh, whether that happens or not is to be seen. One thing I do want to talk about, though, uh, and this was Joe's idea. Let's talk about drafting Browns yes. for your fantasy team. I because. Oh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, so I I'm in a couple leagues that aren't um, Cleveland based. Right. So people from Nashville that have leagues sure. here. And I mean, my favorite thing to do the past three years is to draft, you know, the hot Browns players because nobody drafts anybody from the Browns. That's going to be a much different case this year, but nobody was drafting anybody for the Browns. So I could pick up like, you know, a Jarvis Landry with no problem or uh, I could pick up Nick Chubb before he really popped off or cream hunt last year when he was just catching everything in the end zone. Like, right. It's it's, they have, Probably the most, not the most, one of the most versatile, versatile offensive uh, offenses for fantasy football. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's, uh, so I think when you talk about drafting fantasy football, you talk about, I'm going to just treat it like our league. Sure. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, flex players, obviously, and then a defense. Uh, we eliminated, uh, P.S., if you're a fantasy football player, we eliminated the kicker from our fantasy league, and it's like the best thing we ever did. Yeah. It's the most pointless thing that happens in fantasy football is that you draft kickers. Stupid. Who cares? Uh, so we instead, we added a flex spot and got rid of the kicker. Best thing we ever did. Um, so, Joe, who is like, who's, who's the Brown? Because my answer, I think, is going to be different. But who's who's the one Brown where you're like, if I could pick one Brown and put him on my team, who is it? Um, it's tough because I think for quarterback, you're going to have great value with Baker Mayfield this year, like legitimate great value. Um, he didn't necessarily throw up the most eye-popping numbers last year. He put up solid numbers, especially in the second half of the season. Um, but you can get him as a mid-late round quarterback and – have him as your number one starter, and that's fantastic. I think the biggest value, um, geez, oh, that's tough, man. Because like, but don't don't do value for a minute. Okay, don't do value for a minute. Performance. Just which which Browns player do you want? Would you want on your team the most? Jarvis Landry. Wow. Yep. Really, Jarvis Landry every year. Any chance I can take to get him? Past like fourth, like fourth round. I think we should. I think we should clarify that we always play in PPR leagues. We do play in PPR leagues, and so that's why Jarvis is great. He is Mister Consistent. He's going to get you at least four catches for at least forty yards, and that's a guaranteed eight points a game. Um, he he, not necessarily the touchdown threat, but if you're looking for like a consistent wide receiver too, like that is exactly what you want. I love it. I see. I wasn't, I, I was expecting you to just throw out Nick Chubb. I don't think it's the best option. I think he's overvalued. Well, I think you're right. I think Nick Chubb backtrack. Nick Chubb, I think is a top two running back in the NFL. Easy, easy. But I don't know if I want my first round pick on him. But here's the thing in fantasy football, Nick Chubb's tough because Kareem Hunt gets a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt gets touches, and they like it that way. And, and, and for football purposes, 
It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Nick Chubb's fresh. I love when they kind of sit Nick Chubb for like the second quarter. That's like my favorite thing they do. And then all of a sudden, here's fresh ass Nick Chubb coming out of halftime. And the other fourth quarter, Nick Chubb on the field. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Where did you get those legs from? And and Nick Chubb is super. He is valuable in fantasy football. He is valuable. But but he's not. He's way better as a real player than he is as a fantasy player. Here's my thing. I want to wind up with Odell Beckham. Wow. This, no, no, wait a minute. This year, I want to wind up with Odell Beckham, and here's why. One, when he was with the Giants, fantasy monster. Two, when he joined the Browns, it was the Freddie Kitchens year. Everything was a disaster that year, and he had injuries that year. Three, last year, he was starting to heat up big time. And during a hustle play, tore his ACL. I talked before when we were just talking about the Browns of how big I think it is that Baker is finally going into a year where he's got an offseason in the same system. I think it's equally as big for Odell Beckham. I I think you're going to see... I really, truly believe you're going to see Odell Beckham as a top three wide receiver in football this year. I think, I think you're going to see Odell Beckham. Because, here's why I say that. I think there's going to be a natural connection with him and Baker this year that's never existed before. Because mm-hmm. if you think when Odell was healthy, especially his first year, everything felt very forced to him, didn't it? Well, yeah. Pretty just forcing the like, ball. I have a though. good player. Let's design the entire offense around this one player, which doesn't work in football. We're forcing the ball to him. We're forcing the ball. I think you're going to see that big play Odell come back this year. Wow. I think, I think you're going to see him score more touch. I I, I think this is his, I think this is Odell's career year. I think, I think you're about to witness Odell's career year. I think he has more catches, more yards and more touchdowns than he's ever had in his career. Man, that's, I could not disagree more. Well, you're crazy. I don't, I don't think it's a good career for him. And I, I don't think, (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just, it's not the, it's, well, I, yeah, sometimes probably, uh, it's just not the design of this offense. Like they're not going to make this huge jump to be a throw heavy offense this year. Like they are a run first offense. I think, and I've said this at the end of last season, I think this year is going to be much more tight end focused in the past. I will not draft any of our tight ends in fantasy. Um, too many to choose from, (laughs) right? Um, This is going to be a much more run and tight end focused year than we've seen in the past. Um, And I think that we're going to throw the ball to our wide receivers when we need to. And it's not going to be any type of like incredible numbers that you're going to see week to week from Odell. I don't, I don't just, I think he's going to get big plays. He's going to have some high twenties, 30 point weeks. Um, But I don't think, Especially, and I just go to value with fantasy. I, where where he should be drafted or where he's predicted to be drafted uh, is not where you want him. Um, again, I uh, I just disagree with you. I think I, you know. I think you make good points. I think everything you said is I right. Yeah, I think you, I, well, I think everything you said is right. It's going to be run first when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's going to be run first. But I also think, again, I think the over the overlooked thing in what you're saying is, I think for the first time, you're going to see a natural connection with Odell and Baker. But the problem with Odell's game is like, 
you can't just on the well they will at some point but you can't just on the first snap of the game throw it to him for 60 yards downfield like you have to really uh uh work up to the type of plays that he's going to be successful at and you have to um kind of work that into your scheme and if the the all-out streak down the field for 60 yards doesn't work out on a play. It's not like you can go back to that the next play and I think get those points that you're looking for from him. Like it, It's going to take time before you can throw those bombs to him and get that big payoff. In the meantime, though, you have Jarvis Landry that's catching all the passes that's going to stretch the uh, secondary down the field. See, I think, uh, and again, I think that's fine. I think it's understandable. I think the first two years of Odell have kind of made people doubt what Odell is, but I think I think you are drastically underestimating what Odell Beckham is. He isn't just a deep well, guy. He isn't just a throw the ball down the field and hope he catches a guy. He's yeah. a guy, it, you'll notice some of his biggest plays with the Browns have been just slants that he has taken to the house. That's, that is what he is. He is an I hope all I'm wrong. Around, I just, he's an all-around wide receiver. I just got his jersey, too, so I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, by the way, that was awesome. What a deal. 35 bucks for that yeah. jersey? I don't know what's going on with Browns.com, but they – I don't know if it's still up, but last week they were selling OBJ jerseys for $35. And I got one, and so did I you. I got one as well. It's on its way. It's in Mississippi right now. So so we, we disagree. If you have feelings on it, let us know on our socials. But, like, I, I really do feel like – I feel like this is Odell's breakout year with the Browns. And I and think I think, I think, I think value – like, the best value, because we're going to go to there real quick. Yes. It's Cream Hunt. It is the best value at where he is on the running backs board, yeah. where he can fit in as a flex player on your team. Cream Hunt is going to score touchdowns uh, more times than not. Week week. Uh, he's going to get, if you're in a PPR league, he's going to catch three passes a game. He's going to get some yards off those passes. Like he is. Plus his rushes. Yeah. He's going to be at least. I think last year he averaged 13 points. Yeah, 13.6 points. That's uh, amazing. Last year. It's amazing. So Yeah, it's a great value. Credit, if credit. you're in fantasy. But here's the thing. If you're in fantasy football, like you're not going wrong if you have Nick Chubb. <laughs> you're not going wrong. You're not, you're not going wrong. Uh, again, I, I, I am going to look for Odell. Uh, I'm not going to look for Odell in the first round, but I am going to look for Odell because I think, I think he's going to slip. And I think uh, it's going to be a mistake to let him do that. Uh, Any league that you see him slip is the league you want to get him in. Right. Uh, but yeah, lots, there's lots, uh, there's other players that could have that I, you said, you said, you think there's going to be breakout tight ends uh, for the Browns. Do you think they're going to factor heavily into? I oh, no, I don't think anyone's going to break out in tight end for the Browns. I think that they're going to run heavy tight end sets. I just don't think that you can oh, I got grab one tight end and be confident that that's the tight end that's going to get the touches that week. I got what you're saying. Although yeah. I do think, I think, I think uh, this is the year that David Njoku makes other tight ends kind of expensive. Uh, expendable is what I meant to say. Expensive. So, yeah. Expensable. Just yeah. throw Njoku and Kerr and expense that shit. If you are uh, getting your fantasy teams going, it's a fun thing because even the Browns, if you wind up with the Browns defense, you're in a good spot. Oh my like, God. Yeah. If you wind up, here's where we're at with fantasy. If you wind up with the Browns quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense, you're probably in a decent spot. 
Like you're probably in a decent spot. That's where we're at. Uh, okay, let's move off the Browns for a little bit because uh, I'm only getting myself more pumped. And uh, uh, they've got an interesting week with uh, joint practices with the Giants and then uh, preseason game with the Giants. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, P.S. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because uh, I got asked this earlier. Yeah. What are your th- like? Do you want to see any of this starters practicing in these joint practices? Uh, I don't see a reason. No, I don't. Um, I think. I think when we get to, I think is it three or four? Did they change it to three this year for preseason games? Three preseason games. I think next week you maybe put them in for a drive uh, in the preseason game for week three. Um, it's just not worth it. Like you are given a relatively small window of time, six months to have a team go from start to Super Bowl. Um, the injuries that occur in football are so dramatic and uh, life altering a lot of the times where uh, it takes often, you know, eight months to a year to recover from those injuries. It is not worth it for your investments to go out in a joint practice like this. No, that. no. And you it's, can control that in your, your own practices. And sometimes you can't even do that. You can no, but, but that that's home. that's the point. Like when you do these joint practices with the Giants, right? You're hopefully going to hold out some of your players. They're going to hopefully hold out some of their players. But here's the thing. In those practices, they're going to have players that are fighting for a roster spot. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has everything locked up. They're either having players fighting to be the starter or fighting to just make the team. Yep. And like, like the last thing I want to see is Jarvis out there or Odell or Baker out there. Like all of a sudden some guy for the giants is trying to make the roster is flying around at a thousand miles an hour, which he has to do. And you can't blame him for that, but he's got to do that. And all of a sudden somebody gets decked and you've got somebody in the concussion protocol or even worse. You know what? what? It is, it is your practice, but yeah, like you said, it is somebody's fight for a roster spot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a different animal. And, you know, if you're the guy fighting for that roster spot, you better, you would feel better hitting somebody on another team than you would somebody on your own team during that practice. Exactly. Right. So anyways, Brown's next preseason game Sunday against the giants at Cleveland Brown oh, first energy stadium. I was called Cleveland Brown stadium. Um, let's get off the Browns for a minute. Let's just do a little quick Indians week in review. Uh, these Indians weeks are getting hard. <laughs> Weird week. <laughs> these Indians weeks are getting difficult. Rarely um, do you see a, a week where you win a game 11 to nothing, uh, but you also lose a game 17 to nothing. Yeah. Like that's, that's bad. Well, let's talk about the good. Let's talk oh, about the yeah. good. Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie. Good Lord. Yeah. Real uh, good Lord. Almost perfect Lord. <laughs> There are um, it's it's so interesting. We might have said this before, but the uh, the second half performance out of the pitching staff has been really great. Like it's very promising. Very yeah. um, it's kind of what we expected earlier in the season out of this pitching staff when um, uh, Shane Bieber went down and Aaron Sabali went down. It's kind of yes. things that you're hoping for when that happened. And if that was happening at that point, maybe we would be talking about a wild card spot. Probably not. At but at that point, but shame. Shame on us a little bit for that, for not realizing what we were talking about, right? 
Like, well, no, but like, if if my point is, is is you're getting this Tristan McKenzie, if you're getting this Cal Quantrill in May and June, right? We're talking very different about this team, and not that it's going to be a, a World Series contender, but you know that they're above 500 and like you know having some exciting games here and there. Um, uh, doubt it. <laughs> I mean, the Indians are probably out for this year, but oh, there's out. there's it's a over. lot of great things to work on for next year. Um, pitching step is step is super optimistic. I'm really excited about that. Um, well, let's pause there for a minute, Joe. Yeah. Because I think you're a thousand percent right on what you just said. I don't, I disagree with you on that. I think, uh, I think even if Bieber, Savali health, uh, uh, please X stayed healthy all year. I think if you got, uh, Cal Quantrill doing that, you just, you get such inconsistent offense that I still think you're out of the wild card and looking in, but Having said that, let's let's look at some of the positives. I think now, because of the way this season has gone down, you can feel comfortable. Shame on us for the way that some of us, Indians fans, and when I say us, I, I mean anybody that's done this, for the way that some Indians fans have talked about Tristan McKenzie. Dude never pitched above double A and then got called up last year and got a little experience, and then just what, got put in this year and was like, hey, be good. Like he's one of those guys that needed to figure it out. And the more he does it, the more he's figuring it out. But oh, the and also don't say it, one of those guys. Cause like that's 99% of every MLB picture needs to fig- figure it out on some, at least triple a level before. <laughs> well, that's, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Everybody does need to do that. He needed to figure it out at the major league baseball level. He never even got a chance at triple a to right. do that. So, and, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, some guys, what I meant by that was some guys get to major league baseball and they're just ready to go. He's not that guy. He, he yeah. wasn't that guy. You're not that guy, pal. He wasn't that guy. Uh, but you know what? He has shown me enough. I know he's, he has some outings where he gets blown up. It happens, but he has shown me enough where like, cool pencil, Tristan McKenzie into the rotation next year. Good. Done. And then Cal Quantrill. What a great surprise. He's been so, but you weren't sure. Cal Quantrill was a big piece that came back to us from San Diego, but you weren't sure where he was going to fit in. Is he a bullpen guy? Is he a starting pitcher? Whatever. Uh, he's a starter. Well, it's tough too because when, when he first came over, like he wasn't doing great at the beginning of this season, wasn't doing great. Um, he wasn't ready. No, he wasn't. And he turned just the most incredible core. Like he is like, he is that pitching prospect we bring up every year. Not that we had to bring him up this year, but like he's that pitching prospect that comes out of the farm system and dominates at the MLB level. That's right. That's what 100%. he is right now. hundred percent. hundred percent. I feel as much, you know, I try to be as realistic as possible with the Indians. I feel so good about their pitching staff for next year. Keep Bieber. Bieber shouldn't pitch in a, again this year. Just shelve him. He's fine. Yeah. Even Savali, whatever. Shelve him. Fine. Bieber, Savali, Plesak, Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie. I feel really good about our starting five next year. Our bullpen, we got some questions. But, bull, like, middle relievers are easy guys to just bring in. We just, we just can't be riding Brian Shaw for 500 innings anymore. Like, that can't happen anymore. No. But you got your closer. You got your closer. Emmanuel Clase. I've said it now since they traded for him, which has been two seasons, and he had the whole PED things or whatever. That trade they made for Corey Kluber was phenomenal, 
because yep. of Clause A, he's your closer. A little worried about Karen Jack. He's a little wild. A little worried since they started, you know, like the whole like, can we talk? Wait, backtrack, Joe. I want to have a conversation with you. Yeah. You're a baseball guy. Can we talk about how absolutely wild it is? The way that baseball started to crack down on these foreign substance things. Can we talk about how absolutely wild it is that the conversation wasn't, holy shit, look at how many people are using these foreign substances. It was, well, how are we supposed to pitch without these? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yes. That was that the conversation. Wild. <laughs> what? That is like, um, how am I supposed to take this test without the answer key in front of me? <laughs> that's that's study like for this. I didn't study. Yeah, I'm supposed to study at home. Are you kidding me? I'm not just going to get the, the the Scantron answers in front of me. I'm not going to get the multiple choice answer key in front of me. Um, that was the weirdest and most telling incidents ever happened to baseball in recent years. At least the it past was so years. wild, and and then there was no like outrage about it. It was just there like- was a little outrage when it was. Um, when it first was implemented and there was the questions of like, well, what if someone's, you know, coach is just re- requesting checks on pitchers when they're seven and no, eight? No, I, I don't mean that. I, that's not what I mean. The process is different. I just mean there was no outrage. When these pitchers started coming out and being like, yeah, I was using stuff because that there was yeah. no outrage to that. It was just like, oh, okay. Like our boy James, man like was very affected by that was very, he has been downright bad since that happened. Yeah. Now sticky shit on your fingers. Doesn't make you throw the ball 99 miles an hour. So he's still got that. He's still got that going for him. It makes that slider pretty nice though. Makes that slider really nice. Uh, Makes that curve ball crazy. Really curvy. So what I'd like to see so I'm still hopeful for our boy, James, Karen check, but like he needs an off season to like work on his craft a little bit without some sticky shit on his fingers. Yeah. You have to relearn <laughs> some things at that point. Oh my gosh. Uh, but it, it, all in all, like, again, this season is gone. Uh, they're not going to go on a 20 game winning streak. Right. This is not that team. This season is over. That's okay. Uh, but I am hopeful because of that pitching staff. Like I am, I am hopeful that pitching staff, there's a lot of things to like, but you're talking about like this week in the Indians, man, this offense. Uh, So here's the thing. So Joe, I'm interested to hear this, right? You've got, you've got Jose, you've got, uh, you've got Fran Mill monsters, love both of them. They need to be here forever. Uh, (laughs) I want them to keep uh, uh, what's, what's the name of the catcher they just brought in. Um, uh, it's brought in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's been who's been catching for them? Uh, I, I I hate stupid brain farts. Not Hedges. No, no, God, not Hedges or Perez. Who's the Who's the other guy? Oh, Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos. Go ahead and keep him. God, it's so nice to see a catcher that can do things offensively. Yeah, it's so nice. Uh, uh, but not really. You don't need to keep Wilson Ramos. Everything else, man, for me is like either figure out a way to get it better, 
right? I know we're all kind of, everybody kind of fell in love with Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario is fine if he's your eight or nine hitter. Now you're two. Now you're two. I, and, and he's hitting 278 for the year. Yeah. And he's fine. And he's fine. He's fine. He doesn't have, he, but there, there's a difference between like a guy that hits 278 and a guy that's an impact player. He's not an impact player. He's a guy that hits 278 because he, he'll, he's pretty decent at making contact with the ball. He's not an impact player. Yeah. Uh, so for all the people that are like, well, Med Rosario has been great. Eh, he's not been great. He's been fine. He's been fine. He's had uh, some great moments, but man, this outfield needs help. Help, 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 help. Big help. Uh, I like Miles Straw. I, everybody should like Miles Straw. That should be your leadoff hitter. That should year. be, yeah. That that's that is a really great pickup that we had. Here's what I'm nervous about. You've had this Bradley Zimmer kind of resurgence this year, and he's been decent. He's hitting 250. We're all acting like my, Bradley Zimmer's an all star. He's hitting 250. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not an all star. He's yeah. He's playing he's okay. exactly what like your seven hitter. Right fielder. I'm just, no, he's not, except, no, no, he's not. No, he isn't. What? No. Your right fielder should provide a little pop in your order. And he did, he's done that for like the past month, but that's not what he's done ever before in his career. Here's what I'm nervous about. You got Bradley Zimmer that like had a halfway decent year this year. I'm nervous that they're just going to be like, well, we have Bradley Zimmer. He's not good enough. You've got Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer. I'm sorry to say this because we love him. He's been on our show, Daniel Johnson. Uh, which of these guys are going to, like, you nobody scares an, anybody. Yeah, an outfield. Harold of, Ramirez. Okay. You have an outfield full of Lonnie Chisholm-Halls and yes. Tyler Naquins. Yes. But yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly now, what you have. Granted. I will say, hopefully, Josh Naylor can recover from his injury and get back out there. Right. And I will say, I feel okay if you've got Miles Straw leading off, because I do like him. Yep. And if Josh Naylor is like your seven hitter, I'm happy there. That Whoever your left fielder then has to get better. You need somebody out there that's be- that can hit the ball that strikes a little fear. Yeah. Th- there's a reason, like, First baseman, corner outfielders, third baseman need to strike a little bit of fear into the into the. You can't just have all contact singles guys. And frankly, for the most part, contact singles guys that aren't even good at that. Oscar Mercado, you're not even good at that. We can't go into next. uh, Maybe Nolan Jones. I know they're they are they are turning Nolan Jones into an outfielder, that'd be fine. But like, I look, mean, yeah, I, you, what do you got? Like you, like those names you just listed that are not Miles Straws and not Josh Naylor. Everyone's expendable. Like what? Well, here's they, the other thing. They, they could, any one of those players could get cut from this team and it would be like, cool. All of them they could need, be cut. They need to be expendable. They need to be expended. Here's the thing. I know people will argue about, oh, batting average isn't the most important thing. Yeah, you're right for the most part. But like when your team looks like this, Miles Straw, 267, fine, but it should be higher for your leadoff hitter. Ahmed Rosario, 278, leading the way for the team. 
Your highest batting average for any regular player is Ahmed Rosario at 278. Rough. Jose, 254. Not good enough. That's crazy. And, and I know I know people, he's valuable in other ways, right? He's got 27 homers. He's got 75 RBIs, but he's got to be better. Fran Mill Reyes, 250. That's fine. That's where you expect Fran, Fran Mill Reyes. Yep. He's but like, too. if you're going to play the game like Mercado, Zimmer, Miller, Chang, Jimenez, whatever, we can't be having guys out there. Mercado, 215. Zimmer, 250. Uh, Owen Miller, 152. Yu Chang, 188. Austin Hedges, 177. One whatever. Nobody should be hitting one anything. Yeah. Nobody should be hitting one anything. No, no. That is that is the recipe of a losing record team right there. I just, I know that there are some guys that show a little bit of promise. Ernie Clement shows a little bit of promise. And he's young, and he's just getting his first taste at Major League Baseball this year. So, do you want to do you want to shit on Ernie Clement? No, no, not really. Like, should he have some time? Sure, but he hasn't shown he can be anything other than a utility player. Andres Jimenez, young as hell. Should he get a little time? Sure, but man, he's shown nothing. He hasn't even shown good defense. Yu Chang, man, you you seem like a nice guy. You seem fun. You're hitting 188 in your time in baseball. Again, Mercado. We know Daniel Johnson's fun. He drank tequila with us on this podcast. Way too many times where you don't even know Daniel Johnson even played in the game. We do this thing with the Indians, and the Indians do this thing where they think, well, the pitching will just take us. No, not with this offense. Not with it. I don't know where, I don't know where they decided that you don't need good players on the offensive side of the ball to, to win games, but you do. And you saw it this week, like this week, Oakland had their way with the Indians. And then you beat Detroit in a series and that was fine. But now you've got this depleted Minnesota twins team that sold off all their team. Yeah. They sold off everybody. And you You lost two games to them and you lose a series to Minnesota. Yeah. This team, it's not good enough. And what I, the only thing I'm afraid of, and the Indians have a tendency to do this, is be like, well, but this person did Well, oh, but Bradley Zimmer got hot for a minute. Yeah, but are you really going to go into a season with Bradley Zimmer as your, all, your full-time right fielder? No. I'm not super cool with that. That performance of Bradley Zimmer needs to come from your eight or nine years in a season. But, but it also needs to be consistent. And it need, you need to be comfortable that that's yeah. going to happen. You have two... Yeah, like we said, you have two players on this offense that are playing pretty close to what we want them to. Uh, Jose and Fran Mill. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nobody else is playing where we need them to. And Miles Straw. You can throw Miles Straw in there. But here's yeah. – and and no, I'll say four because I'll put a Med Rosario in there. He just shouldn't be your two hitter. He should be like your eight hitter. Yeah. Or your nine hitter. Fair. Uh, otherwise, though – and, and here's the other thing I'm sick of, and we've talked about this. I'm sick of acting like you can just have a catcher who's an automatic out in the, in the offense, and that's just fine. No, it isn't. And, and people have told me, like, yeah, but where are there good catchers 
that bat well. There's good catchers everywhere that can hit everywhere. the ball. Like, there's good catchers everywhere that can hit the ball. Like, yeah. they don't need to be a cleanup hitter, but like, they don't need to be hitting ones. I'm not talking about 333 with 26 homers. Yeah. I'm not talking about J, uh, uh, Rail Muto, J.R. Rail Muto, or, or whatever. I'm talking about just like a, a guy that can go out there and hit 250 and, and still be a catcher. Our catchers are automatic outs. Austin Hedges, I love him. Good, good, seemingly good dude. 177. You're an automatic out. The defense doesn't even have to pay attention when you're at the plate. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry, but, but uh, uh, that's, that's how all of our catchers are. Mm-hmm. Can't happen. So for the Indians, very excited about the prospects of the pitching staff. This offense has to be better. And, and, it, and it, it's not coming from this. It's not coming from this group of people. You gave them a year. And really, that's what happened this year. And that's what happened. You gave these you gave Owen Miller a year to see something. You gave Yu Chang a year to see something. Austin Hedges a year to see something. Bradley Zimmer a year to see something. Ernie Clement has played here for a long time now. You're not seeing the kind of shit that you need to see. Nope. So this that offense has to get better. And it means a lot of these guys don't need to be in the lineup next year. No, you gotta move, you gotta move a couple of these pieces out and get something that is MLB ready next year. For sure. So how are they going to do that? Well, let's talk about the news of the day. And that happened today in the collecting in the collective bargaining agreement for baseball. There has been proposed a salary floor of a hundred million dollars. What? Meaning do the Dolans have that kind of money? Meaning every team in baseball would have to hit a salary floor every year of a hundred million dollars. Well, wait, we'll get to that. Uh, if you'd like to be reminded, the Indians are at like thirty-eight million dollars, which means well, even year, less without uh, Eddie Rosario's contract, right? I think right. he wasn't he the highest-paid Indian this year. He was. So without his, yeah, they're down to like thirty million dollars. Yeah. Um, which means good news for Indians. You got to find a way to spend $70 million. And this is going into the 2022 season. This is the collective bargaining agreement for 2022. So the great news for for Jose Ramirez, potentially Jane Bieber, Jane Bieber. Yeah. There's going to be some extensions, Um, but that also means you're going to have to bring in some players. Yeah. Now, how do the Indians pay for this? And I thought this was cool, right? A lot of us have been clamoring for a salary cap without realizing that there's always been a luxury tax in baseball. It's a tiered system where if you spend over, I want to say right now, it's $190 million or something like that. You hit a luxury tax and then it tears up until like, I, I want to say the highest luxury tax is like 210 or 230 million. There's only one team in baseball that is currently in the highest luxury tax, and that's the Dodgers. But here's what that means. Any team, so what they're saying is any team that spends over 180 million will enter into the luxury tax. And the money from the luxury tax will go towards the teams on the lower end to help them spend the money to 
get to the floor. I think it's, it's, if you're not going to install a uh, salary cap in baseball, I think this actually has a shot to pass because the reason they're not installing a salary cap in baseball isn't because the owners don't want it. Of course, the owners would take it. It's because the, the Players Association does not want a salary cap in baseball. You can make as much money as you want to. Uh, with this, you can still go make as much money as you want to. There's no salary cap. But the competitive balance, you can all, everybody can sit there. We've talked about this. You can all sit there and talk like payroll doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yep. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. There's one team that has won the World Series that has had a payroll in the bottom half of baseball since the year 2000. And that was the Florida Marlins in 2003. Every other team that has won the World Series in the 2000s since the turn of the century, we're almost a quarter of the way in. Every we're a fifth of the team, way in, at least. Yes. Every other team that has won the World Series has had a payroll in the top half of baseball. So if you want to sit there and tell me payroll doesn't matter, you're wrong. Can you make a run in the playoffs with a low play- payroll? Sure. Look at the Tampa, Ra- race. Tampa Bay race. Yeah. Could they do that again this year? Sure. Yeah. Are they going to win the World Series? Unlikely. Unlikely. So I love this. I don't know. I, your thoughts after it's hearing It's interesting. That. I mean, I'll, I'm just going to go full conspiracy here. I, I wonder if um, this has been something that uh, MLB owners have known for a while that this was trending or that the league was trending in this direction. I wonder if that has something to do with why the Dolans uh, haven't really had a huge uh, uh, payroll payroll for the tribe the past couple of years. Like it's it's been like almost to the point where it's like we've questioned it on here. Like, are they selling this team? Like, why are they not signing? Why are they like shipping off these people? And it's not a rebuild. Like, it's not like we're sitting here saying we're in a rebuild right now because we're not we're not great but we're not rebuilding um i wouldn't say that we're in a full rebuild but no you're not not at all i wonder if if that's something that has been taken into account the past couple years um where it's like let's just not stress ourselves out these next couple years let's try to do with what we got keep the people we want long term for this uh you know key pieces of our team keep those key players and uh once the salary minimum comes into effect then you pay the people that you want to pay for this team yeah i mean i think it's it's uh i think it would be phenomenal i think it's a great idea you're not going to get the salary cap so bring the floor up yeah don't let these teams i i think you'll see so much more everybody talks about parity kind of there hasn't been that much parity like the houston astros have been the houston astros the dodgers have been the dodgers the yankees have been the yankees especially recently you're quadrupling almost quadrupling the payroll of the Indians if you have this floor at a hundred million dollars. And and for me it's for me it's uh again it it also holds teams accountable a little bit. Everybody we get this like people want to cut slack to the Indians. Oh you're you're a you're a small market team. Again let me just clarify that for people. No you're not here in Cleveland, you know who you're a bigger market than? And again, this doesn't coincide with team success, but you want to know who you're a bigger market than? 
media market because they consider it Cleveland, Akron, Miami, uh, St. Louis. St. Louis spends more than you every year. Uh, ooh, here's a good one. San Diego. Oh. You are a bigger market than San Diego. Huh. Pittsburgh. Baltimore. Hey, Nashville. Cleveland's bigger than Nashville in media market. Kansas City. Cincinnati. Milwaukee. Like, you're not a small market team. And plenty of these teams that are smaller than you in market size are spending significantly more than you because they can't. Yeah. So I like that there's a little accountability to it, too. Hey, you're not. If you're a major league baseball team and city, no, none of you are small market. When you say small market, you're talking about like Sheboygan, Wisconsin. None of them are small market. Kansas City isn't small market. It's a big city. San Diego is a big city. <laughs> New York's a big city. They're all big cities. So it brings up that little bit of like accountability. You want to be a baseball team. You got to meet this threshold. I love that. Same. Same. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Indians week in review wasn't great. The, the Oakland series sucked. The Detroit series was fine. And then the uh, and the Detroit series was fun because of the Tristan McKenzie near uh, perfect game and the uh, Minnesota series sucked ass. Uh, so here's the last thing I want to do before we get out of here, Joe. Chad is not here. And we miss him sort of. And he's on vacation with his family. And oh, I thought maybe we do selfish. And I thought maybe we would do like, yeah, selfish of him, right? I thought maybe we would do like a roast of Chad, but instead I had a better idea. Oh, what's the one thing we always make fun of Chad for? Head size? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the yeah. biggest head I've ever seen. Yeah. I still haven't seen his head. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break out a tape measure when I see him. So I didn't believe him. When we got Garage Beers merch, garagebeershop.com, uh, when we got Garage Beers merch, I didn't believe him. So we have like snapback hats. So I said it. I went to lunch with him and I, I, I like made a hat the, the biggest setting it could be. And I put it on his head and it looked like a yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just tiny on the back of his head. Like it, it is that big of a dome. Yeah. So, uh, so Chad is effectively a human bobblehead, right? Oh yeah. Effectively human bobblehead. I could see that. Chad Meyer, the walking bobblehead. So here's what I want to do. Every year, the Cavs, the Indians, the Browns, our Cleveland teams, they do giveaways. And there have been some sweet ones. Do you have any sweet ones that you can think of? The coolest giveaway I think I've ever yeah. gotten? Yeah. Um, the CC Sabathia rubber ducky. Oh, no. The CC yes, Sabathia rubber ducky is my favorite giveaway I've ever gotten. It is an incredible idea. I, I don't even remember what if that was like an inside joke or like a nickname or what, but it's a literal CC Sabathi head on a rubber duck body. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Uh, I can think of a couple. I uh, in in like the seriousness thing. I love when the Indians started giving away like the, um, you know how they have the statues, and then they gave yes. away like little miniature replica ones. So like the Lou Boudreau one and the Larry Doby one or whatever. I think those are really cool. I think. Yeah. Um, on a fun one. The Cavs did like an early 90s throwback hat. <laughs> oh, it's like 
three or four. It's like that teal blue and orange and black. And it's like different panel colors all the way. It looks like a painter's hat almost. Oh, I love that thing. I love that hat. Um, so here's what I want to do in honor of Chad. Yeah. Because I feel like he's like a big bobblehead. But if you walked into a place and got a bobblehead of Chad, you'd be like, this is the worst giveaway I've ever gotten. Oh, yeah. So I want to know, and we're going to go back and forth. We'll just share ideas here. I want each of us will share an idea for each team. Each like leave team? Yes. So the Indians, the Cavs, and the Browns. If you could come up with the worst giveaway. <laughs> oh, the worst. For giveaway. each team, what do you think it would be? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. No, let's keep it somewhat classy. Okay. And by that I mean like Yeah, because I, I, there have I been could players derail have, quickly. I, I want to real. Yeah. There have been players that have like not players, but like former players that have died in like tragic circumstances. Let's yeah. not like do that because those would be really bad. Yep. But like, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. some great ones. <laughs> okay. So where do you want to start? I'm ready. Um, I guess. Uh, you want to start with the Indians, the Browns or the Cavs? Browns, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's just one. the one I have off the top of my head. All right. I want to hear what you got because I got one right here too. Um, so, um, coming up Browns versus Steelers on uh, oh, no. New Year's Eve, the giveaway, um, oh, is Greg Robinson rolling papers. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. You can get rolling papers with Greg Robinson's face on it. So next time no. you see him driving around with 72 oh, pounds of marijuana, no, you can roll one up with them. Marijuana should be legal, but no, 72 pounds. Oh my God. I think I might be lowballing that too. I thought it might Greg, be like, how much wait, How much was Greg he Robinson wrapping papers? Oh, uh, oh, that is so good. Oh my gosh. What was he? What was the amount? Oh, <laughs> all right. Wait, you ready? Yes. I, I forgot how ridiculous <laughs> it's 157 pounds of marijuana. Pounds, pounds, pounds. not grams. It's a leaf. Grams. It's not a grams. leaf. Not it's, grams. Oh my God. Pounds. Oh. Would he be there to autograph them? Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. He'll bring, Listen, he'll bring the lighter. I promise you if that giveaway ever happened, uh, Browns fans in first energy stadium would be the friendliest they would ever be to Steelers fans. Oh yeah. No yeah. doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, okay. That was really good. So if we're going Browns, uh, I take my inspiration from, do you remember when it was like, I want to say it was like maybe Cliff Lee or maybe it was CC. They did a couple bobbleheads with the Indians where they were like in a car. Oh yeah. Yes. I think maybe CC. I don't remember. Grady Sizemore maybe. No, it was that era, though. It was like mid-2000s. Yeah, maybe CC. He was like driving like a blue Cadillac. Yeah. So coming up for the Browns giveaway this year against uh, their home game against the Baltimore Ravens is Art Modell in a moving truck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, oh. I don't think that would go over real well. No, no, that's turning the knife in the wound right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With an Armodell has a Super Bowl ring on his pinky finger. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and his other fingers just holding up a middle finger. Yeah, yeah just like ah. Uh, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. That would be a bad. Yeah. 
That'd be a bad. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Wouldn't be good. Um, I can go Cavs next. All right, why don't you go Cavs next? Yeah. So um, for the Cavs, uh, a nice little uh, tribute to the finals team. Uh, they're going to no. be giving away uh, J.R. Smith uh, shirts, <laughs> T-shirts, uh, as upon entering the stadium. So um, they'll hand it to you. They come in extra large only, uh, but there's nothing there. It's it's actually just transparent. It's just it's just clear. It's just nothing. It's not. It's just a piece of Saran wrap. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a terrible giveaway. I don't want that literally at all. I don't think so. Um, I think. Yeah, no. You don't think? Well, Well, if you got the ticket stub that said it was J.R. Smith t-shirt giveaway night, what if it was pieces of the shirts that he took off over the years? I do like that. That'd be kind of cool. You could like put in like a little like keychain type of thing or like they make those like Jersey wallets, but it's just made out of J.R. Smith t-shirts. That's the giveaway is J.R. Smith wallets made of t-shirts. It kind of stinks a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. Yes. It didn't wash it. All right. So for the calves, I've got, I've got two. So I'm going to throw them both out there. Okay. One, like a little statuette, uh, like commemorating a t- the 26 game losing streak after LeBron left the first time. Oh, <laughs> like, like, a, like, Hey, remember when we lost these many months worth of games in a row <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, no. or, and I really like this one. Uh, okay. It's like a bobblehead. It's Gordon gunned at a desk. Uh, if yeah. you're unfamiliar, Gordon Gunn, former owner of the Cavaliers, and he's blind. And on the other side of the desk, it's Carlos Boozer shaking his hand, but also flipping him off right to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I like that oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I don't know if that everybody. Is, re- I think somebody should definitely make that. I don't I don't know if everybody remembers the saga, but. uh the Cavaliers were trying to do Carlos Boozer a favor uh, because, and it, this pisses me off to no other, because I do believe the Cavaliers would have won a title with Carlos Boozer on the team. Yeah. Uh, they tried to do him a favor. So they let him out of his contract so they could sign him to a better contract. And instead of re-signing with the Cavaliers, he just went to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I mean, why would you not do that? What a dick. What a total <laughs> dick. You, you lied to a blind man and then you went and signed with another team. Oh, good, man. good on you, Carlos. You dick. Oh, Carlos. Boozer. Uh, so I like that. So again, Gordon Gunn behind a desk, shaking hands with Carlos Boozer while Boozer is also flipping. Oh, my God. I, I love it. It's a whole scene. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a like whole a thing. Little, oh, you know what it is? Got it. You just said it for me. Oh, my what God. Is it? I love this more than anything. Wait, we're going to give this away around Christmas and it's going to be a snow globe. Oh, it's so low. <laughs> I was thinking of flipbook, but I like the snow globe idea way better. Oh, it's a snow globe. <laughs> and instead of snow, it's just dollar bills. Just everywhere. dollar bills. Just dollar dollar bills everywhere. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> I need somebody. If you're listening to this nonsense, I need you to draw that. If you're good with like drawing or like graphic design, I would like you to draw that up for me. Oh yeah. Please. In snow globe. Form. Holy shit. 
All right, so we've got the worst potential Browns giveaways. We've got the worst potential Cavs giveaways. Yeah. How about the Indians? These are all really bad giveaways. The, um, I, I would not want any of these. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, I think I kind of want that last one. But. Yeah. Um, well, uh, upcoming in the 2022 season, we're going to have a great uh, giveaway for our good friend James Karinczak. And this is only available to kids under 15 Um, and they get their own bottle of spider tack so they can uh, (laughs) juice up their fingers when they're throwing curveballs in their little league games. (laughs) Nothing better than looking up to your heroes and uh, throwing some sticky shit on your fingers. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, that's really good. That's really good. So the Indians are so there's so many ways to go with these. There's a lot of ways to go with so many ways to go. And then you can get like you can get like you can take it back and you can figure out a giveaway from like 10 cent beer night, or you can keep it current. Uh I think you do like a uh, like a weather app, maybe like a free weather app for your phone that only predicts uh rain delays for games. Yeah, like that, like that. Uh I think what I what I ultimately think uh, would be the ultimate giveaway for the Indians was they would hand you like a dollar, <laughs> but then they would tell you that it was only for use in the stadium, and all of the items were now going to cost two dollars more than what they already cost. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the most logical giveaway I've ever heard. It's just, it's just so Indians. Like, it's, here's a dollar, but this is also plus two dollars a night. Or so like, here's or, one dollar, but you're gonna have to cover the full cost plus an extra dollar. Yeah, yeah. And and if you go to the team shop, you can open one of their cashback credit cards for every one dollar <laughs> spent in the stadium, you get point zero zero one cents back. Hey, <laughs> wow, the Indians are giving away money. Oh, you oh. can only spend it there. And they've raised the prices on everything. And it's whatever they found in the washing machine after the players yeah. washing uniforms. <laughs> it's just collected change from the players' uniforms oh, in the God. washing machine. <laughs> oh God, uh, there were there were there were Trevor Bauer things to be had, but I didn't. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to avoid that. Yeah, I didn't want to go there. Uh, there were certainly Albert Bell things to be had. Oh, but yeah. I, I did not. I didn't. Or Vizquel, you can do at that point. How about this? I'll go with this uh, because I think that last one was a little wonky. Uh, so here's what I'm, I will go with as my give, my giveaway. Oh, no. If you remember in the 90s, there was a utility infielder that played for the Indians that was very popular. His name was Alvaro Espinosa. Mm-hmm. And Alvaro Espinosa was notorious for blowing bubbles with his gum and then sticking them on people's hats in the dugout to like mess with them. So the giveaway is authentic. Authenticated oh. by Major League Baseball. Here's Alvaro Espinosa's chewed gum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He's, I don't want this at all. He's sitting in the clubhouse before the game with like an oxygen tank, like trying to just like not get lightheaded, blowing all these bubble gum bubbles. <laughs> For the first, the first fifteen thousand fans get authentically chewed gum. They all just deflate, and you just have a piece of gum. You just have yeah. like a chewed piece of gum. It's still kind of wet. Way shit. <laughs> if it's fruit stripe, then you're definitely actually you know what it would be fruit stripe. Oh, it would it definitely would be fruit stripe. stripe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally. Uh, yeah. So listen, that was in honor of Chad because Chad is a living, walking, talking, breathing bobblehead, and he wasn't be able to be here with us 
Uh, but Joe, I think that's going to pretty much do it for episode 77. Wow. Uh, we had some good that. Browns talk. We had some good Indians talk, some fun talk there at the end. Uh, and, uh, and you know what? Next week we'll be back. We've got, um, I'm not going to give anything away, but we've got a lot of awesome special guests lined up. We've got yeah. uh, some Cleveland media personalities lined up. We've got Olympic gold medalists lined up. That might have given one away, but that's okay. Uh, we may have other Olympians lined up, but we'll wait and see on that. Uh, we have an Ohio State Buckeye legend, and, and that that is not hyperbole. We're talking about one of the all-time great, all-time great Ohio State Buckeye yep. football players. That one's going to come out the day of opening day for Ohio State, which is a Thursday in a couple weeks. Don't miss that. We'll make that announcement soon. We've got uh, front office members from one of our local teams coming up. We've got, we just got a lot. We got a lot of really ESPN personalities. We got a lot of stuff coming up. There's a so, lot. There's a there's lot. lot. Wow. There's a lot. Wow. So with all that being said, Joe, I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, so yeah. when we get out of here, we got to give our thank yous. Uh, our first thank you goes to our home network, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And again, Unhinged Radio. You can find us on Belly Up Sports and Unhinged Radio. Go check them out. Uh, and as always, our thank you goes to you, the listener. If you enjoyed episode 77, go over, smash on the like button, share it with your friends, subscribe. If you've given us a rating, thank you. If you haven't, go do that. And then go subscribe to our other pages. Uh it really helps us if you subscribe to our Instagram page. That's where we get a lot of our guests from. So the more people we have following us, the better it looks. Subscribe to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. Go check out our YouTube. When we have these amazing interviews that are coming up, we post those to YouTube. So you want to see that. Uh, you can watch the interviews happen. Uh, so just go do all that. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, and we, as always, appreciate you for your support. The last way, if you want to support us, uh, the last way you can do that besides listening and sharing and liking and all that stuff, buy it as a gift, buy it for yourself, whatever hats, shirts, and it for us garage beers, merch, buy it for your, buy it for yourself. Well, well you buy it for yourself, but you're buying it to help us. Oh, it, it does help us. Well, yeah. It helps us greatly. Yeah, it does. Garage oh, beers. So cool. I like, I swear I wear this hat all the time and I get so many compliments on it. Yeah, it is. It is a badass logo um, and very comfy, good looking hat. Like top notch, top notch. Shout out 614 Hockey helped us design the hats. And our friend in just real life, one of my wife's best friends, Katie Fetro, designed our logo for us. Wonderful stuff. The hat, the shirt, high quality stuff. Garagebeershop.com. Go check it out. So that's been episode 77. Chad wasn't with us, but for Chad at Garage Beers, Chad for Joey at Garage Beers, Joe. I am Michael Keith at Garage Beers. Michael, follow the show at the Garage Beers until episode 78. That's going to do it for us. Cheers, everybody. Mm-hmm.